church. Secondly, um, thanks. Who we are? Who are we as a church? What has God called us to do? And then any names that God may have given anyone uh, to be able to share that this put on their heart. And so we took some time to fast and pray and ask the Lord. And so we compiled those names. And we began to get together as elders and uh, different ones. And then we, we, from there, we had a smaller group that we got together with. And we just said, hey, we want to... Uh, take this and take the different names, maybe putting this word in front of this one and this one behind this one might, you know, work and tweak it a little bit more. And, uh, but it was a wonderful thing to discover all these. And so we took a list of about 25 names and we distilled it down to about 10 and got together with that group. And then we said, okay, by January 4th, the baby's going to be born. We've got to have a name for this baby. And January 4th came and we didn't have a name. The reason is, is because we needed someone to name us. It wasn't enough just to close our eyes and, you know, have the top five and just, you know, put our, our finger right there and just like bada boom, bada bing, there's the name. We're recording all this, right? Excellent. There's a number of who have said, hey, I want to hear what's going on. I'm not able to be there. So I want to make sure we got that. Thank you, Damien. And so... It wasn't enough and we'd get together and the elders and we're praying together over this and we're just like, God, what, how do we do this? And we realized, you know, a father and a mother name their children and we needed our father to name us and we needed him to make it very clear. So though we had tons of options, we couldn't move forward until we knew that we had been named. Something happened. Just a couple weeks ago, that really made it clear to us that God had named us. Some of you were here, you'll remember, but I'll tell the story again. I had finished, we had finished leading worship up here in song, and I had walked to the back uh, to get the microphone. And there was a man sitting in the back, wasn't even in the pews, just one of those back chairs. I stopped and I introduced myself to him. I hadn't met him before, hadn't seen him before. And he introduced himself. He said, my name's Jack. Jack, my name's Eric. Welcome. It's great to have you. How many remember that day? Went over, got the microphone, came around, said, man, you're welcome to join us, hang out, whatever. How did you, how did you find this place? He said, well... I was walking along and I was working in the neighborhood. He was going door to door soliciting for, for business. And this door right here was propped open. I had propped the door open for Jay Halstrom to bring his gear in. He said, well, I, I heard the music. I was walking along on the street and I heard the music. And so I came in. Fair enough. All right, great. I came back up here preached. And as I watched him, he was just glued on. It was like, you know, those things where you see somebody, there's a, they're just hanging on every word. You could tell the Holy Spirit was working on his life. And he had told me while I was back there, he said, you know, years ago, I walked away from God. Even my pastor's a cousin down South of Seattle, but I've, I've just walked away from God. And a little bit later we had communion like we're going to do tonight. 
And during communion, all of a sudden, while I'm just kind of teaching and sharing on communion, he comes walking down the middle aisle, comes right up here, walks right past me and kneels down here at the altar. As soon as I invited everyone to stand up, he stands up after he had done business with God, goes right up this ramp and walks out the side door. We were all standing there wondering, do we need to call security when the guy's coming down the, you know, the middle aisle? I mean, like, what, what's, what's going on here? This is a little bit unusual. Something that should be more normal. But un, unfortunately, unusual for church. We get a little uneasy when people do things outside the box. That same week, the elders, we got together we're talking and we're praying and this conversation began to come about and, and uh, all three of the other guys, I was just quiet and they were just talking about this name that, man, it, does, it seems like maybe God's doing something here and that he might be speaking to us pretty clearly. And so I stood there the other guys were sitting down and, and I stood there and I just began to well up with emotion. I just began to cry and I don't know what, it just came over me, but I just had this sense and I said to the other guys, I said, guys, I wonder if God is naming us and he's using a simple and a broken man named Jack to do it. So, what we're going to do is I'm going to share with us what the name is, and then I'm going to invite all of us to go on a journey. And I'm going to invite some different ones, elders and their wives and um, others to come up and, and share this journey with all of us. Because we have been on a journey of an infusion of faith. You know, I got to tell you just personally, it, it wasn't necessarily my favorite name on the list. But it's not about that. It's about knowing clearly that God is naming us. Now, it's, it's kind of like that courtship, you know, testimonies and stories that you hear about where, you know, the girl is kind of clueless. She doesn't know what's going on. And this guy's been in a process for 10 months, you know, leading up to this. And he's been getting ready and praying into it. And then he comes to the, you know, the father and her and says, hey, I'd like to court you for marriage, you know. And I, would you enter into this process with me? And everybody's like, whoa, what's going on here? So we've been in this process for some time. So let it hit you, and then let's go on a journey together. Will you do that? All right. We believe that God has named us Open Door Church. Open Door Church. And there are so many things that go along with that. So I want to invite the storytellers to come up here with me. And uh, we're going to share. So if all of you would come up with me and just stand across here in the front, and uh, we're going to deliver these things together. We're very excited because tonight we're giving a gift, uh, passing on a gift, I believe, that God is giving to all of us. And we're going to start off with, uh, yeah, Glenn, go for it. The morning we were meeting, we sat there perplexed. 
we had four names, and three out of the four of us didn't want any one of the three names. I can't tell you who the fourth one was. But the conversation really gelled as questions being passed around the room. Well, what do you think? What would be a good name? And during that process, the door came to mind. And I wasn't here when Jack came into our midst. But you know what? The thing that opened my mind on the door, well, first of all, one of the, one of the names of the church was going to be the crack door. And then we said, well, you know, crack's not going to work. Not going to work at all. Okay. So we did away with the crack door. But the door stood there. Crack house was the other one. And we said, ah, it just doesn't have that ring to it. Yeah. But the thing that settled in my soul was the fact that Jack came into our midst not because of anything we did ourselves. Yeah. That God placed him in our midst. He came forward. He sat, he's knelt down. And to me, it was just God saying, look what I'm going to do. I've given you your home. Now, as long as we open our door to our lives, to our church, to every aspect of our life, he's going to make the things happen. We don't have to go on our own trip. We don't have to get anxious because Jack came on in by himself. God's leading, yes. But that's what solidified the open door to me was the fact that God did it all. And we didn't have to do anything about it. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Lisa. Okay. So I called my mom to uh, share with her about the elders meeting because my mom, you know, she's always praying for our church. And to tell her the story about Jack and the open door and just ask her to pray with us about that. And she said, wow, that's really interesting. She said, I'm, I'm doing a systematic Bible study right now. And my Bible study happens to be on open door and all the scriptures that had to do with open doors. And she said as well, two nights ago, I was listening to a pastor speak and he told the story about a man that called his church and said, the secretary answers the phone and and he says, how do I come to your church? And she said, what do you mean? And he said, well, how do I come to your church? I want, I want to come. And she said, sir, I'm sorry, I don't know what you mean. And he said, well, do I need to be invited? How do I come? And she said, you just walk through the open door. And mom said when she heard that, that phrase had just been ruminating in her heart. Mm-hmm. And yep. so this was two days after their elders meeting. So I have more stories to share in a few minutes, but I'll save those. Great. Melissa, come on up here. Yeah, I can grab that. Well, hi. Um, <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, before we go on real quick here, do you guys realize how long it's been since Melissa has been able to be here? It's like having a stranger uh, in here. But um, when, we, when we transition to Saturday nights, um, it took Melissa out of the picture because she um, worked on Saturday evenings at the Pro Club. And she just recently here has had the opportunity to transition um, working different hours. And so she's back with us now. 
and uh, super, super cool. Total I, answer to prayer. Praise I can't God. even begin to tell you how excited I am about that because three months of no church is really, really hard. <laughs> so um, this is really fun for a lot of reasons. So I just have something very brief to share because I didn't realize I was a part of this puzzle until Lisa texted me the other day. Um, so I, I gave a painting to Eric and Lisa. in I painted it in 2009 before I moved to Washington. I was still in Northern California. Moved up here in 2010. And somewhere along the course of that year, I gave them this painting. And I had completely forgotten about it. And so... Yeah, she found it three days ago. It was behind her couch upstairs, um, and I had previously painted it for someone else, and but they weren't able to keep it, so I brought it with me and gave it to Eric and Lisa. Um, so she texted me this photo and she said, "Do you remember what this painting meant when you gave it to us?" And I was like, "Wow!" Literally, I haven't seen this painting in five years, basically. Um, and I said, well, what I remember is, um, that this portion of the painting here with this, it's this kind of veil being pulled back and revealed. Um, the simple explanation is that this painting was about transition, um, but that it was more about, um, the beauty of that transition and revelation process like, and the significance of the transition than necessarily about the answer that was being waited for um, and whatever that open door was. Like, I used the phrase open door when I texted Lisa. Um, and so I just sent her that, and I said, yeah, it's about the value of this revealing and that transition, and that this part's the easy part. Like, the open door, the clarity, whatever's being waited for, whatever God's going to reveal, that's that's the easy part. And when it comes, it'll be really clear. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it. And I didn't really know that that was part of anything until tonight (laughs) or when she, yeah, she told me that that was actually part of something. So yeah. Awesome. 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 Yes. If you guys didn't hear what she said, she's saying that the purple up behind is similar to the purple that's up here, and the the red down below matches the the stage color, and uh, and the background matches the highlights in my hair. So that's incredible. No, but it's really true. And and here's the thing: this has been hidden behind our couch for for a couple of years. We just kind of stuck it back there, not knowing really what to do with it, and to wait wait till find a time. And uh, literally pulled back the couch looking for something else, and there it was. It just, again, you go, ah, coincidence. The timing of these things, that's what we're inviting everyone to come along with, is just to be able to see that, um, that just the clarity of the way God is speaking to us. Linda Walker. Well, like Eric, I had a little bit different response to to the name. When I first heard it, I was like, yeah, it's all right, but it's not my favorite. And then as we met as elders and everybody's, woohoo, everybody's voting, I sit there and I'm like, not 
not so much. Um, and it wasn't that I hated it. It's just that it didn't resonate within me. Excuse me, and I'm just being honest. That's why my husband was chosen to be an elder and not me. Um, but I, I was reminded of my son Levi when he was, um, I was pregnant with him. Uh, the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and told me that we were having a son and I was to name it Levi. And I had had a conversation with God and said, I'm not going to name any of our kids biblical names. I don't like biblical names. Not that I dislike biblical names. I just didn't want to name any of our children biblical names. And so I I held it in my heart because I was going to argue with God for just a little bit. And not knowing that the Lord had woke Dawn up in the middle of the night a couple Mm -hmm. nights later and said, you will have a son and you will name him Levi. Um, and, And the reason I tell that story is Levi now is who his name was given by. His name was was given by the Lord, and what his name um, represents is who he is and who he's turning out to be. I mean, his at 11 weeks, we were shown an ultrasound of his heart not beating, and they wanted to do a DNC. He was completely dead, and Don said, "No, I'm having a son. We're naming yeah, him Levi. Yeah. We're not doing a DNC." And they said, here is your fetus. It has no heartbeat. And we looked at that heart, and it was not beating. The next morning, had another ultrasound, and there was the heart. It was beating. Um, And Levi needed an infusion of who Father God saw him to be to fight for life. And so for us that don't necessarily hear that name and go, oh, my gosh, that just fits, we're going to grow into our name, and we can rest assured that this is the name that Father has given. And we will, those of us that don't cheerlead on the side and say this is the most perfect name, that's okay. Yep. Because as we begin to get revelation and as the Lord begins to mm-hmm. unveil who we are as a body, all of us are going to sit back and go, you know what? open door. You know what? Levi is fitting his name. He is an evangelist. He is a risk taker. He's all these things that his name was given by Father God because he knew that we wouldn't name him that um, on our own accord. So that's that's, that's my two cents. Love it. That's great. That's great. (laughs) So I have Two parts to share on this. One part is Kim, so Kim can be over here. And uh, back in September, we were at the Kingdom Ministries USA conference in Kansas, and we just started talking about a new name and what was God calling us to name the church. And we were we were en route back to Seattle, and we were we dropped off the rental car, and we were in you know the shuttle bus that takes you to the airport terminal. And the doors opened, and Kim just thought, open door. And that's where we first got the idea of open door church from. It's nothing complicated, it's nothing special, but as as Pastor Eric said, it took someone coming in here for us to recognize that. Someone coming in that we may never even see again, you know? And a, a quick testimony on his on his part. I was playing playing keyboard whilst Eric was preaching that that evening, and 
and he came up here and I am one for, uh, I have a dislike of the smell of cigarettes and alcohol and he smelt like that so much and naturally to me that smell would just be revolting but when he was right here knelt down just in tears with his hands out that smell smelled beautiful and I was like my word the beauty of this smell this right here is what church should smell like mm-hmm. and and that was exciting to me I was playing I was like I have no idea who this yeah. guy is yeah but he smells amazing. And, and that's the guy that named us. And we may never see him again. And who knows, you know, he'll probably never know he named a church. <laughs> All right, um, now to my part. So, back bef- uh, when we were a home group, before we planted as a church, Linda Trout came up to me and she, pre- she presented this gift to me. And, and she said, Andrew, this is something that I want to give to Eric, but I don't know when is the right time to give it to him. So I'm just going to give it to you, and you can decide when is the right time. So I took the gift, and I put it in our guest room. And it was a great piece of decor in our guest room. And Kim, for the longest time, was saying, you know, when are you going to give that to Eric? you just got to give it to him. You know, like, this is... This was a, you know, Linda wanted you to just give this to Eric. And I said, no, Linda said, when the time is right, give this to Eric. And I never felt like the time was right. It decorated our guest room just great. And I didn't know where I could get another one. And And anyway, so we moved house, which is why it's not here right now. And, um, And it's in a box, and I just couldn't find which box it was in. But don't worry, Linda, I've got it. Trust me, it's somewhere. <laughs> and, um, but I do have something that actually is identical to it, but just on a smaller version. And the gift that Linda had given me was, um, was a key just like this, but like three times the size. And just after we had the elders meeting where we were talking about the, the name and you know, we decided on open door, I was driving... Uh, home and all of a sudden came into my mind I was like the key that Linda gave me Mm. I was like now is the time to give that to Pastor Eric and and it's the key to open the door and uh, because the door's not closed it's not locked you know this is the key to open the door and I just thought that was an amazing you know way back when you know Melissa's painting back in 2009 Linda's you know, gift, uh, you know, all these things that God has been naming us for such a long time, and, and now everything's come together. So, I think that's really cool. So cool. Mom, you're next. Mom. Oh, yeah, Linda. Linda, Linda. you're next. Am I next? Yes, Please? you're next. Okay. Linda, will you come and hold this for me? Site to make sure. So, with knowing that um, Kim had said about the open door, there's a lot of prophetic people out there that you get a lot of words from. But this one 
hit me like neon lights. And I forwarded on to her. And then she went, wow. So I condensed it because I only have a minute. But this came in January 16, 2015 from the Elijah List. His name is Doug Addison, and some of you have heard from about him. He shared a confirming word, and this is the year, he said, of open doors. The door of opportunity is being opened for us. Revelations 4.1, I saw doors standing open in heaven. We are going to see a major move of God. He is releasing encouragement that will open the door for people to experience God's love like never before. God is preparing a party. Go out quickly, he said, the Lord said, into the streets and the alleys to the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame out of Luke 14, 21. This includes prodigal sons and daughters, pastor's kids, those who grew up in the church, our children, our grandchildren. God has been saving them for a new movement that they are called to be a part of. This is a time for open doors. Revelations 3.20, look here I stand at the door and knock. If you hear me calling and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal as friends. Amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? So I put, I believe too that the Lord has given us the keys. Open doors of salvation, reconciliation, and restoration, and healing. God opens the door wide for us. This door will bring healing through compassion so others can be set free, delivered from hurts and wounds, Great open doors of opportunity are ahead. Expect miracles and expect breakthroughs. Amen. 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 So, um, and Linda uh, read that word about the year of open doors two days after the elders meeting when they were talking about the name. So, again, the timing. So... As we were realizing all these stories and all these confirmations about, um, uh, well, well, when Andrew remembered the gift about the key for Eric and what a confirmation that was about the name being Open Door, I remembered that um, on our first Sunday, so March 10th, 2012, Roe Hallstrom came. She wanted to be here tonight. She had committed back in December to do a wedding. So I'm sharing on her behalf. But um, she came to our house that night to give us a gift to commemorate our first Sunday. And um, this was the gift that she gave me. And she, <laughs> it's made from a board off of a gate, and which is a door. And as you can see, there's these keys hanging here. And this key says love. And uh, so Again, this has been hanging on our wall all along. And then we also remembered, I think it was Kim that remembered, you know, all our months leading up to launching the church and having home group at our house. This was hanging over our heads the whole time on my wall. And I remember when I bought it, I wasn't going to buy it. And the Lord actually said, go, you need to buy that. I'm like, oh, I get to buy this? But this key. And so it's just so special to know that God had this name all along for us. And we're just now discovering it. So, um, I was given another gift 
for our sending Sunday by Jeanette that she'll tell you about. Isn't it good to know God's a personal shopper as well? He's right there making it happen. So if you will follow Holy Spirit's lead, you will find the best deals. God tells me to shop at Tiffany's. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> You've heard everyone talk about this verse. Uh, before you were born, I knew you. Before you came into being, I called you by name. You know, you've heard Melissa talk about 2009. You've heard Lynn talk about Levi. What year was that? 1989. When was Levi born? 89. Nice. <laughs> I, I'm going to actually take you back to 2013. Um, this, the Lisa started talking about how um, her mom had been praying and, uh, and hearing things about open doors. But when we, I got a word on March 2nd of 2013, and I sent it to Lisa. And this was the, this was the date that we went out on the prayer walk from um, Kirkland to North Shore in Northgate. And um, there's, a, there's some pictures that I took. And there's a picture of Eric, and he's... He's holding on to the gate, the locked gates. And we couldn't get into the property because the gates were locked. And, and he was declaring open gates, open doors, open environment, open the city for us, Lord. And in the background, you actually see Lisa's dad. He, and I was watching this all. And he knelt down and he started praying and interceding for Eric and Lisa. And I didn't, I've never told you what I heard him pray. Um, he was praying exactly what you guys have been asking for. The open door, the open ears that you would hear, that you would see the city, that you would have the heart for the nation and for our region to have that open door for us. And Eric was declaring in the natural, he was, he was in the natural breaking through the, the gates, the doors, the, the locked doors, while your dad was interceding in the spirit for that very same thing. Um, th- those were powerful images, and, and it's going to be a treasure that we're going to be able to have with us forever. You know, I, I know Mark's not here, but, but that's a treasure that we get. Uh, so in that... There was, um, Lisa also began to pray, and, and I'm, I'm apparently just a stalker who listens in on what people <laughs> say. So I, I wrote down what you said, and, and Lisa was praying, God, you have given us the keys. You have given us the keys, and we declare that what has been locked in the past is now open to us. Yeah. We declare that what has once been locked is open to your spirit. Yeah. And it was that combination of Eric shaking the gates and declaring that opened up access to us in a region, in an area that we did not have access to, that you guys were willing to to till the ground. And and that opened up um, a lot of things for us as a body. And we're very grateful for that. Um, You know, Jen, I, I don't think it's, I hadn't thought of this before now, but, you know, this we're, we're called to this North Shore region, and uh, we were originally planted in that area over there, and it's interesting, the name being the North Gate, the North Gate uh, of that region of Seattle, and 
Um, I think that's really significant that we wonder, was that a waste? Was that an accident? That was God's full purpose for us to be planted in that area to unlock some things that had been previously been locked years ago, 20-something years ago. And those doors now were unlocked. And we knew that we had been called there for a purpose. And I have to say, I believe as a result of what we're seeing now, that the things that we're going to experience in the future as we move forward as a church would not have been possible had we not been sent there and obediently followed the Lord and gone to that place and said, Lord, use us however you want. This seems backwards. It's not the place where we believed we, with a re, you know, the particular location we thought we, we would have gone straight to Kenmore had we had the opportunity. We're like, oh, this must be the enemy blocking us. And all. No, it was God leading us. It was God leading us. That's perfect because it segues into what I, I wrote. And this is the word that I sent her. That was just kind of more of a description of where, how we had traveled to where we were. But the word I got that night was, um, I hear the Lord saying that he's given you a key that, is, that was accessible to all doors in the north gate area. Physical doors, spiritual doors, natural doors, past doors and closed doors, and even open doors. In the same way that someone would have a master key, the master is coming to you both and giving you his master key, which is the gift that, that Linda had for Eric so long ago. You know, and, and in the natural, when, when you get a, uh, Lee can attest to this, when you get a master key, it actually says do not duplicate on it. You need permission to duplicate that key. And if you take a master key down to a locksmith and say, hey, I, I, can you make me this? They won't do it for you. You have to have permission to get that key duplicated. Um, but in that, I felt the Lord saying, you know, I, I am, I mean, the master is coming to you both and giving you his master key. Well, in the natural, people with the building's master key have to gain permission. The Lord is saying to you, feel free to duplicate my key. Give my key away. Give my key to those behind bars. Give my key to those who have who are walled off. Yep. Give my key to those who are hurting. Give my key to those who need to be freed. Give my key to those who need to be set free. I have given you my keys, and I have unlocked doors for you to make a way for me. I have unlocked the gates for you to walk through. I have unlocked the past that will usher in your future. I have unlocked the past that will bring that will set people free, and I'm going to use you. I have unlocked the past that will tear down walls, and I have given you the keys. Keep pulling down the walls. Keep shaking the doors. Keep shaking the gates. I'm here to work through you, in you, and for you. I have given you the keys. Amen. 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 So then in July, this past year, 2014, I heard the Lord tell me to, to walk around... Seattle and just take pictures of doors. Um, and I'm like, okay, you know, it's better than some of the other pictures I take when I'm downtown. <laughs> uh, so I created a Pinterest board and I actually named that board Doors Are Meant to Be Opened. Um, and I knew it was symbolic to who we are and I knew it was. Um, I, I knew it had something to do with who we were as a body, but that's all I knew. And I, I didn't hear anything. And I know 
Eric had asked me, you know, have you heard anything from the Lord about our name? Or just kind of generically, and I'm like, well, I got nothing for you. Sorry. Um, meanwhile, I'm out every day taking pictures of doors. Um, Thanks, Jen. Appreciate it. Sometimes I don't hear so well. <laughs> um, so then two, three weeks ago, I was coming into the church, and this side door was open. And I had been fussing since he had announced in November that we were going to name the church. So I'm like, why didn't Eric ask me what to name it? I'm prophetic. I mean, that makes sense, right? <laughs> that makes sense. And, and he didn't ask me again, you know, what I had felt. And, and I really fussed over that. I was bothered. And I didn't tell you guys, but it really bothered me a bit, a lot. Um, and I, you know, typical, I come in and late. And, you know, worship's going on, and, and the door's open. And I'm like, I've never seen that door open before. Why is that door open? And I, I took my phone out to take a picture of it, and I could see people looking at me. I'm like, oh, I better not, because the flash will flash, and people uh, and it would be more of a disruption than I am. And so I just came in, and, and that's, that was the night Jack was here. But I wanted to take a picture of the door. Yeah. And the second week, the door was open again. And we never have that side door open. We never do. I'm like... God, I don't know what that door means, but I know it's symbolic. But what is it? I don't, I don't hear anything right now. The time when Jack came was the first time that had ever happened. Yeah. So. See? Oh, that's crazy. Um, so I, 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 Lisa called me maybe not even a week ago to say, hey, guess what? I, I think you have a word about our, our name. And let me send you the email from 2013 and 2012. I, I guess it was that long ago. Um, about this. And, and so I've been fussing that I hadn't heard from the Lord, but you hear all of our stories and we're all hearing from the Lord about confirmation of who we are. So the new word, which I had not shared with you yet, is um, the word I got tonight coming in. And, and I, I sat down with Kumar and Lisa tonight to talk, to talk about it. Talk about it. Um, and when, when you're in, this is what I'm hearing from the Lord now after all of this is when you're in a dark place, a dark room, and there's no light getting in, and when somebody suddenly opens the door, in the natural, your, your response is to, to cover your eyes, to turn away, to not be excited about this light, because it's really blinding, it's piercing, it's, it's jarring you awake. And that's the view that the world is in. But I hear what God is saying to us that in this open door that he has given us, that he's called us by name, that, that that's not the jarring light that he has, that he, that's, he's going to release through us, but it's more of a picture of the, the northern lights, the aurora borealis, that when you look at those lights, people don't shield their eyes when they see that. It's, oh my, look at that. Look at that image. Yeah. They're drawn to it. It's attractive to them. They want to know what it is. They don't know what caused it. It's, a, it, it's this giant scientific thing that Kumar could tell you, but I can't. It, but it's attractive. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, wow. it's, and if you look at Melissa's picture, the top colors kind of look like some of the lights. Sometimes, sometimes they're more greenish. But every now and again, you do get that purple. It's that, that, that blurred light haze above it. But th that's what I hear the Lord saying to us is that we're not going to be that jarring wake-up shock. 
that people turn their, their head from, but it's that attractiveness that he's called us to be who he is, who his love brings, what his love does for us, and what Jack saw. We, um, before I read uh, Jen's email again, because it's when we were in, we were in the second elders meeting, so a week after the first one, and all these, we were realizing all the thing about the keys, and um, her gift to me for our first Sunday was a key, and I wear it, you've probably seen my, I'm not wearing it tonight, I can't believe I forgot, I was so focused on getting the food ready for that, I forgot to put it on, but we had also um, talked about giving each person a key, to commemorate this this name and the meaning of this name. And then, you know, her word talked about give the keys away. And so we ordered a batch of keys online. They came. I opened it up before tonight, and they are they're rusty keys. They're covered in dust and dirt. But I know that that's not an accident because God's going to give us people. And some of us are these people in ways that, these are old treasures. These are old truths. And th- these keys unlocked precious things at one time, but they've become covered in rust. And I'd like each of us, when you come up for communion, Eric will have this, and you can come to get a key. And let's each restore the key that we take. I don't know the processes uh, uh, that would go into it, but let's each do that. Let's let's get the rest off the key. Let's restore it back to its original beauty and, and pray as we're doing that, that God would do that in us and use us to do that in others. So as we do this, as we just before we take communion, I'd like all the kids that are in here to come up front, all of you who are in Adventure Kids, Jesse and... Elisha and Isaiah, different ones. I want you to come right up here, have a seat on the ground, and I'm going to read you guys a quick story, okay, about this. You're going to really like this, okay? Hurts kids, you guys want to come up here too? Yeah. All right. This is kind of a steep, steep look, huh? So you're laying down for this one, huh? Okay, all right. Let me read you a quick story, and this is going to help us understand a little bit more. So what we do is once a month here at Open Door Church, we take time to talk a little bit more about communion. Now, everybody else back here, don't fall asleep because you're going to get something powerful out of this. And I'm going to be reading tonight from the Jesus Storybook Bible. I tell you what. Personally, as a 42-year-old man, I have gotten so much out of this book. I know every parent whom we've recommended this to, it opens up the scriptures and the stories that are there so much. So listen to this story. You guys ready for this? Look at this picture right here. This is about the servant king. It was Passover. It was the time when God's people remembered how God had rescued them from being slaves in Egypt. Every year, they killed a lamb and they ate it. Have you guys ever had lamb before? Anybody eaten lamb? Eh, it's all right, huh? The lamb died instead of us, they would say. They killed the lamb. They said the lamb died instead of us. But this Passover, God was getting ready for an even greater rescue because who was on the planet? Who was on the earth? It was Jesus. That's right. 
Jesus and his friends were having the Passover meal together in an upstairs room. But Jesus' friends were arguing. What were they arguing about? They were arguing about stinky feet. How many of you have had stinky feet before? How many of you have stinky feet tonight? Okay, that's right. They're disgusting, aren't they? That's right, stinky feet. Now, the thing about feet back then, when Jesus was around, is that people didn't wear shoes. What did they wear? They wore their feet, but they put something on their feet called sandals, right? Well, there was a lot, it was kind of like living on a farm, but everywhere you walked. So this is what they did. It might not sound unusual for here, but except in the streets in those days, they were really dirty. Not just kind of dirty, I mean really stinky dirty. With all those cows and horses everywhere, you can imagine the stuff on the street that ended up on their feet. Everybody go like this. Pew! Yuck. So anyway, someone had to wash away the dirt. But it was a horrible job. Who on earth would ever dream of volunteering to do it? You had to be the lowest of the servants. When you'd come into a house during that time, somebody would sit, you'd sit down and somebody would wash your feet because you had stinky feet and you wouldn't want to be sitting down at the table. You ever come in from playing outside and your parents say, go wash your what? They usually don't say your feet, but sometimes, don't they? We have to tell our kids to do that sometimes. But usually they say, go wash your hands because we don't want you touching the food. Well, we don't want you coming in the house when they had stinky feet like that. Peter, how many have heard of Peter before? The the disciple Peter, the apostle. That's right, the apostle. He said, I'm not the servant, nor am I, said Matthew. Quietly, Jesus got up from the table, took off his robe, picked up a water basin, knelt down, and he started to wash the feet of his friends. Peter said, you can't do this. He didn't understand Jesus being the servant king. Jesus said to him, Peter, if you don't let me wash away the dirt, you can't get close to me. Jesus knew that what people needed most was to be clean where? On the inside. All the dirt on their feet was nothing compared to the sin inside their hearts. And Peter said, then wash me, Lord. Tears were filling his eyes and he said, all of me, all of me. One by one, Jesus washed everyone's feet. I am doing this because I love you, Jesus explained. And he said, I want you to do this for each other. Do you know that if Jesus was here, Do you know that he would line everyone up and he would go through and he would wash all everyone's stinky feet? But you know what? More importantly, what he's wanting to do is he's wanting to see us clean on the inside. Then Jesus picked up some bread and he broke it. And this is where we're going to what we're going to do tonight. And he said he gave it to his friends and he picked up a cup of wine and thanked God for it. And he he poured it out and he shared it. My body is like this bread. It will break. This cup of wine is like my blood and it's going to pour out. Can you see it? But this is how God will rescue the whole world. My life will break and God's broken world will mend. My heart will tear apart and your hearts will heal just as the Passover lamb died. So now I will die instead of you. 
That's what Jesus says. I'm going to die instead of you so that you can live forever. Jesus knew that it was time for him to leave the world and go back to God. He said, I'm not going to be with you long. You're going to be very sad, but God's helper is going to come, the Holy Spirit, and then you'll be filled up with a forever happiness that won't ever leave. So don't be afraid. You are my friends, and I love you. And then they sang their favorite song and walked up to their favorite place, an olive garden. Wow. So Jesus came and he washed their feet and he was cleansing them on the inside. And he said that his heart was going to break. And that's exactly what happened when he died. His heart broke. But he said, you know what? My heart's going to break, but your heart is going to heal. That is our Jesus. That's our Jesus that we sing about, that we celebrate and so I'd like you to stand up, and I'd like all the big people to stand up as well. And we're going to come forward here, and we're going to receive communion. And we're going to hand out some of these keys to everyone here. So kiddos, go ahead and grab just a little piece of bread there. Go ahead and hang on to it, kiddos. Just a minute. Go ahead and hang on to it. It's okay. You can grab another one. You guys on this side, why don't you go ahead and come forward here and just receive communion on this side. God is giving us keys. He is opening up doors. There are treasures, there are promises that He desires to unleash. Doors that have been locked from the past are now opening. my hands up here you get into the lives of people and it's going to get dirty just like jesus dealt with stinky feet stinky hearts and but he's here to cleanse just as you're coming through i just want you to hear some scriptures i just want to read over you jesus says in john 10 9 and 10 he says yes i'm the door those who come in through me will be saved Wherever they go, they will find green pastures. Check this out. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, but my purpose is to give life in all its fullness. How are we saved? We walk through the door that is Jesus. It's not some inanimate object. It's a person. It's a relationship. The next scripture here in John 11 says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die like everyone else, will live again. They are given eternal life for believing in me and will never perish. Do you believe this? 
So how do we access resurrection life? We surrender and follow the one whom God resurrected from the dead. I love that. Jesus is the doorway from this life into the next life. John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus again declaring, I am the door. Matthew 7, 13, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate, through the door. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose the easy way. But the gateway to life is small and the road is narrow and only a few ever find it. Amen. Amen. How did you get here tonight? You came in through that door and you accessed a lot of doors before you ever got here. Every weekday, Bob goes to his shop and he opens up huge doors to allow people to come in. Why? It's a huge door because they have a, you know, a large vehicle that needs to pass through there. We opened up doors to get into our vehicles to come here this evening. Some of you kids maybe went into your brother's and sister's room or your own room, the bathroom in preparation to come here, and you walked through these doors. We declare in Jesus' name that doors are open in this region. The door is open who is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is open. He is waiting. He stands at the door and He knocks. And we declare we are going through. We declare that these keys will open up doors. That wherever we go, we become, uh, have the ability in Jesus to open up a door to salvation, to restoration, to redemption, to healing. In the name of Jesus. Can we say amen? Amen. We declare it's open. It's open. Amen. You are loved. We love this church. Can we just say the open door church? Open door church. Open door church. Amen. I hope you love the gift that God has given us. We weren't here to try and convince everyone that wasn't our goal. We were just merely passing on what God has said to us. And we embrace, Lord, our identity. We embrace our identity to be that open door that you have said yourself you are. Amen. Amen. Did everyone?